welcome again. It's Growing in Grace Together. Mick Mooney is with me. Oh, by the way, I'm Joel Brzezinski. Uh, the other half of my uh, podcast team, Mike Kapler, uh, he just doesn't want to be a part of this thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is something that uh, I just decided, uh, in addition to our weekly podcast, our weekly Growing in Grace program, uh, I thought, you know, I'll just take some time out and, and talk to people just where wherever they're at in their uh, in their Grace walk. And uh, as I said, I've got Mick Mooney with me, the, of the uh, m- most well-known uh, by most people from the Searching for Grace comic strip. You can find that at searchingforgrace.com. He's an Australian living in Germany, and we talked about that last time. You can uh, listen to the last podcast to get caught up on that. And uh, welcome, Mick. It's good to have you here with me again. Yeah, it's great to be back. Oh, and, man, uh, the week just flew by, I tell you. <laughs> just flew by we could have had some good conversations in there you know oh we did oh anyway (laughs) besides all that (laughs) you started talking about the tithe no okay we're not going to get into that um (laughs) no seriously starting point (laughs) we had we did we did have a good conversation about uh, all that because you had brought it up last time and anyway we will save that for another time but because it is a controversial topic even within uh the the community of believers who have who have a revelation of grace that other people don't have (laughs) i'm sorry mick i'm sorry you brought it all out in me uh in between recordings here just for our listeners sake just so you know we had some we had a little bit of a funny chat and so uh, some of that's coming out but let's get serious here it's the gospel we're talking about let's let's uh (laughs) let's just clarify sure um the point that we were making about the whole thing for tithing since since it, we've we brought it up let's do that um you know when it comes to to the tithe something that i think is um, important to understand is that everything in the old testament was a shadow but the reality is found in christ you know so when we think about um for example the sabbath we know the sabbath is not a, a day but the reality is that the Sabbath is, the, is in Christ. That's the resting place. Mm-hmm. So now that we're in the New Covenant, we understand that we don't look back and think that the Sabbath is actually about a, a literal day. We understand the reality is the rest we, we have in Christ. That is the Sabbath rest. You know, that's what we've entered into. And you, know, you look back at uh, the animal sacrifices and we understand that you know, that's not really what it's about the reality is found in Christ who has become the perfect sacrifice for for us, you know. Um, you know, where we look back and we see circumcision, and we know that circumcision is not talking about actually cutting off the flesh, but we see the reality in Christ, and that is that Christ has cut away the sinful nature, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we now live with our new nature. And so everything that we look at in the Old Testament we're not look we're looking at it understanding the things that it was talking about in the old testament are not what we're talking about now in the new testament the new testament all of it finds its revelation and finds its truth in christ and so we look back and we say the sabbath of course is not talking about a day but talking about the rest we have in christ and the sacrifices are not talking about actually cutting up animals we're talking about christ the lamb of god you know the perfect sacrifice and we look back and we see circumcision is not about cutting away of flesh um, but it's about cutting away the sinful nature done by the hands of Christ. And when we look back and look at the tithe, we have to follow that pattern and understand, you know what? It's not talking about money. Yes, it may have been talking about money in the Old Testament. Such, so was it a literal day for Sabbath? So was it cutting away the flesh for circumcision? But in the New Covenant, 
is not talking about money any more than circumcision is talking about cutting away of the flesh. You know, in the new covenant, how do we understand the tithe? And the whole thing is we are now the body of Christ, aren't we? So, so Christ is the first fruits of many. And, you know, this is the whole point of God always saying in the Old Testament, give me the, the best that you have, the very best, you know, the first fruits. I want that. And if you give me that, then I will bless the, all of the rest that you have. And, of course, we're one with Christ, but Christ sacrificed himself the best so that the rest of himself can be blessed, and we are the rest, you know? Mm. We're the rest of him. That's why now the tithe that is Christ has been paid to God once for all, forever. So God can now surely continue to pour out his very best upon upon us, for we're, we are the, the remainder uh, and that's my opinion, that we mm-hmm. need to look at things that are going to liberate us and see um, these things aren't talking about. You know, when you start calling shadows realities, you know, you've got a really big problem. Um, if if a preacher was to say, today, circumcision is still part of Christianity, you know, but let's do a grace-based circumcision, you know, we're going to use, you know, it's <laughs> like, if you're still cutting away the flesh, that's... Uh, law-based, mm-hmm. because that's the law. You know, you can't just kind of say, oh, it's grace-based. It's like, no, you know, if you're still doing the shadow, that's the law. And I think the same for the tithe. You, you, in my opinion, and people, are, of course, are welcome to disagree with me. I'm just some cartoonist stuck in <laughs> Europe somewhere, you know. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's basically, it's it's the law, in my opinion. And, uh, and one of the reasons I'm... It, uh, I think it's a big deal is because, you know, sometimes people make statements like when they listen to people or preachers, uh, you know, eat the meat and spit out the bones, you know. But that's not the way that the Apostle Paul explained the problem of law. The Apostle Paul explained it like yeast. Mm-hmm. A little bit of yeast mixes through the whole batch. And if we want to just have a huge, amazing grace doctrine, but we still try to bring in one bit of the law which can come in through the, the tithe, then that's, that's going to weave its way through all the teaching and then there's going to be a little bit of law in, in everything that we teach. And, uh, and, and you know, that's the, that's the real danger. And I think, you know, the Apostle Paul, again, he, um, he said in some places, you know, circumcision or no circumcision, it doesn't even matter. What counts is a new creation. What counts is, is faith expressing itself through love, you know. And mm-hmm. so Paul's, Paul's heart was, you know, what's really the point is this whole thing of we're a new creation and we can live a life of love and I don't even care about circumcision, you know, basically. And yet, at the same time, when he speaks to the Galatians, you know, and, uh, and they want to get circumcised and uh, he hammers home the point of like, if you get circumcised, you know, Christ is of no value to you at all. Can't you see that you're falling away from grace? And, um, you know, and you think, well... Is that just about circumcision? You know, and it's not. It's because Paul actually says, you know, I don't even care about circumcision, actually. But, but Paul's heart was, I know what's going to happen if you let one bit of the law in. Big trouble's going to happen. And that's why I think he was so passionate. I mean, reread Galatians and you'll see, you know, he makes some of the biggest statements in the whole Bible. You know, you who are trying to um, be justified by the law or try to follow the law, you know, you've fallen away from grace. Christ is of no value to you. This is such a huge, huge statement that it just rattles you. And, um, you know, I wonder if you couldn't change that 
in that context, you know, where he says, I want to ask you just one question. You who, um, does God work miracles amongst you because you obey the law or because you believe what you heard, which is the gospel? And, you know, can you not just say, I want to ask you one question. Are you blessed financially because you tithe and follow the law or because you've believed on the finished work of Christ and the gospel of, of His grace? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's the big challenge. You know, a lot of people would say, well, I'm financially blessed, you know, ultimately because I tithe. And, you know, that's the same as saying God considers me one of His because I cut away some flesh and got circumcised, you know? Right. That's a really good point. I I, I think you can, you know, Paul did use that, you know, example of circumcision, but I think you're right. I think um, you could take any area of the law any law or any um, mindset that is not of the substance, which, you know, you're going back to the law, you're going back to the shadow, you can take any part of the shadow and insert it in there. And uh, if it's not Christ, if it's not because of Christ, then it doesn't avail you anything. It's, you know, it, it's no, of no value to you. Uh, it's, you know, it, if it's anything in one place, you know, Paul said, if it's of works, you know, then it's not of grace. If it's if it's of grace, and it's no longer works. You know, otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Works is no longer mm-hmm. works. If it's anything that we do to get God to bless us or to get God to uh, any do anything, you know, then obviously, you, I think you can stick anything in there, and it's of no value to it. I like how you set that up with the, the shadow and the substance, because everything in the Old Testament that was pointing, you know, that that we try to use now in the New Covenant, which we can't that was shadow, it's all pointing towards the substance. And now once we have the substance, we we don't live by the shadow anymore because we now are, have entered into the actual substance of the thing. That's right. And, you know, it's important that people, Christians, understand to not mix up words, you know. Um, I've spoken with people and they've said, you know, I think tithing is, is okay if people want to give and they've got it in their hearts to give. And I say... That's great, but don't call it tithing because tithing is the law. Mm-hmm, Why don't mm-hmm. you just say it's great to give? Yeah. You know, um, because when we use the word tithe, no, you know, whether people like it or not, and again, it's just my opinion, but people, are, it's, the, it's the law. People are going to be yoked to the law. It's going to evoke fear. It's going to evoke problems. And, and one of those problems can be um, when you live and, and a financial problem comes in your life, Instead of looking to Christ and understanding, you know, I'm loved and God is my provider, um, you know, then you start looking at, did I tithe? You know, did mm-hmm. I, did I, did, have I done something wrong? You know, and that's ultimately bringing in this whole cursed mentality, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Is bad things happening to me because I didn't obey the law? And, uh, you know, bad things don't happen to us um, because we disobey the law because we're not under the law. Right. Uh, and, yeah, if it did, uh, yeah, uh, we'd have to follow the whole just, thing. <laughs> I think Christians should, uh, you know, I think it would be a blessing to the body of Christ if we, we all together said, you know what, tithing is old covenant and we're not obligated to it at all. And, but I think there are a lot of Christians out there that are passionate, have it on their hearts to give, and that's amazing. And, and the thing is, you might even want to give 10% of your money, and that's also okay, but it's to be kept between yourself and God. 
and you're to encourage people on the finished work of Christ. And if you are giving, and even if it's a percentage, um, even if it's exactly 10% if you want it to be, but it shouldn't be something that you then are, are telling others in terms of a, this is a doctrine, tithing still stands today. I mean, that's only going to bring, in my opinion, condemnation. I think rather we say, no, you know, in Christ we have all things, and um, not only has it given us the grace of all these things, but we also have this grace to give, and so let's give freely and let's enjoy it. And as the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to give um, to some kind of work that He's doing or to help someone in need, then be blessed and do it. But don't um, keep it between yourself and God. And how much you give or how little you give, keep it between yourself and God. And God bless you. We trust that you're a good steward of what God's given you. You don't need to prove it to anybody. And um, and let's all keep our focus on Christ and exalt Him. And I think then that's beautiful, you know. Um, but when when we try to create a theology of tithing, it I think ultimately evokes division and evokes um, fear, and it takes people's eyes off Christ and uh, and onto the doing of anything, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think giving yeah. is 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 the same as any other part of the of of our life in Christ. It's a it's a response to to the life of you know it's it's the life of Christ expressing Himself in and through us. And if 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 we're whether it's um, tithing or, or giving a certain percentage of our income to any to a church or to any ministry, or whether it's um, trying to follow some law, or whether it's trying to be a good husband, trying to do this, trying to do that, no matter what, if it's if it's us um, just trying to do this so that we can please God, or so that we can quote become a better Christian, or so that we can receive blessings from God, then we've missed the whole point of life in Christ, whether it's giving, whether it's any of those other things. Um, real life in Christ is is that uh, we're not doing these things to get God to do something, but rather God has already done something in us and through us. He's blessed us richly with, with the substance, with Christ himself. And as he enables us, and as he, as you said, as he moves in our heart or as he, um, as the Spirit puts it on our heart to do it then we go ahead and do it and it's it's more of a response to his his life in us and it's him doing the work mm. in us rather than us you know trying to uh trying to trying to make something happen by what we do and i think that's well, kind of the key to the whole of life in christ yeah i think you know we just get words wrong and words can cause a whole lot of problems you know i think in terms of you said at the start there about having a revelation and I think that it's true. God can give you a revelation of giving, you know, just as Paul encourages the church. Just as God has given you wisdom and knowledge and insight, and He's blessed you with all these spiritual gifts and giving you the grace of all these things, then also excel in the grace of giving, you know. And mm-hmm. and I think that's beautiful when you can get a revelation of, man, I am graced to give, and I think that's beautiful. And living in that revelation then allows you to give, but. Let's not call it tithing because that's just going to yoke people under the law. You exactly. know, why don't we together come out of that and say, you know what? I'm not going to say, um, God. You know, to it just it's just madness. You know, to to uh, think that all of the laws um, ceased except for tithing. You know, um, right? But yeah, you know, giving, so giving law, is great, tithing. and 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 um, we're the most generous people on earth because. We've got a kingdom far greater and full of the riches that we desire. We don't even desire the riches of this world. And therefore, you know, we just want God's God's um, heart to be um, fulfilled with love, you know, and, and his hope that whatever he wants, that's what we want. And I think um, Christians 
aren't tithing because they want something from God. I don't tend to to, to um, see it like that. I, I think um, we tend to make things black and white in the two camps, you know. Um, one side um, are just giving because they want to get rich and they want something from God, and the other camp just idiots, you know, that just don't get it, and mm-hmm. um, or they're just greedy or stingy. They don't want to give anything. And both are a lie, you know. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately those that are um, really committed to the idea of tithing they just want to. They just want to do. They just want to make God happy, you know. <laughs> and uh, and and that's where I'm coming from. Of I wouldn't care um, to to tithe. Uh, you know, I tithed for years, and it's it's fine. It's it's okay. It's no problem. I mean, what's ten percent? It's nothing. But it's not a matter of whether it's a sacrifice or not. It's is this the gospel? You know, mm-hmm, um, exactly. Because people end up getting sidetracked, and you know, you end up coming into church church communities that um, before they even establish anyone in the reality of Christ and his finished work, I mean, um, the first thing they're teaching them is give God 10% of your money. And uh, I think that's sad, you know. Um, that always comes to the forefront and and as if that's the, the main doctrine you've got to get people to understand. And it's the last thing, you know. I mean, you, shouldn't, you should never teach tithing anyway, in my opinion. But even if you're talking about giving, I think you know, if someone comes into your community and they're a millionaire, you know, I think the first thing you've got to get them established in is God doesn't want your money. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't want your money. Keep it. Keep all of it. Don't give any of it to. to don't give any of it away. No way. Um, that's not Pastor Moses preaching. I know. I can tell you. No, that no, no. <laughs> but you know, I think that it, um, because people that are rich and people that have got um, worldly riches tend to probably come into a, a feeling of now I'm expected to give or now my pastor wants me to give or now this and that. But I think that um, you've got to liberate people both that haven't got much and that have got much and just say, look, um, what Christ is interested in is, is in you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, actually you're not rich, you know, uh, in the sense of your bank account. You're rich in the sense of the deposit you have in you, which is Christ in you. And so I'm as rich as you are and you're none of us are richer than one another. Um, and just... You know, live in the spirit, and then these people that um, have been blessed with with a lot of finances will be led by the spirit to give it in places in which God wants them to give it to. And it's not the business of someone that's a quote unquote pastor or or anyone else. You know, I, when when Jesus talked, he said, um, you know, when you give, um, your right hand shouldn't know what your left hand is giving. And it's a really interesting position because you know we are the body of Christ. You know, so we are in the sense one is a right hand and one is a left hand you know but that's the whole point we're not meant to know you know you're not meant to know how much I give and I'm not going to stand up on my soapbox and and tell everyone you know whether I give everything that I have or I don't give anything is irrelevant to others I think as a body of Christ we should actually look at one another, another and say you know what I trust that you're being led by the spirit and amen you know and even if you're giving nothing I actually believe that that's the spirit that's just telling you to rest and don't give anything, and that's cool. And then other times, you know, you may just give your whole paycheck away or even other crazier things than that, you know. Um, but it's done with a joy because it's spirit-led, you know. And uh, as soon as we make a program out of something, I think, you know, the spirit isn't needed anymore. Just do it. And I think that God wants to bring His bride, His church, back to um, the joy of being led by the Spirit and. Uh, you know, I'm excited about that. 
Yeah, that's one thing that I've, um, you know, I've talked to you a couple times now and just through have, uh, you know, through getting to know you just uh, ever so briefly uh, since I've known either in the last few months, uh, that's, I can tell that that's what your heart is, is, is uh, it's not just, you know, because I know there are a lot of people who are, who have come into freedom and come into grace in Jesus Christ. And it's more about, well, I'm now I'm anti-programs, I'm anti-church, I'm anti tithing i'm anti this but i i see that you you while you definitely are saying those things aren't what we're about i see your heart as being so let's move on to this is what life in the spirit is like let's follow the spirit let's follow let's stop and see what the lord is doing here and let's join him in that it's it's not just i'm against this i'm against that i'm against all that yes there's plenty of room to um as paul did to preach against that type of stuff but let's well, also you, move you know into, joel i just uh, make a quick is, point there what you said um my my point where where I kind of see things is um Paul didn't uh challenge or slam false teaching in areas that he wasn't himself involved in laying the foundation. Hmm. When people came into Galatia, that was his church. He laid the foundation, he taught them the gospel, he got them established in grace apart from law. They understood it. They knew what it was. They they'd heard it from Paul. And then some Judaizers came in and basically try to um, destabilize them and say, well, yeah, grace is great, but, you know, there's still some things that God requires even in Christ to do, you know, such as being circumcised and this and that. And when they came into Paul's community, that's what got Paul mad. And Paul showed little care to make it known that these people are actually, um, you know, <laughs> are totally uh, wrong. You know, and he was mad because that was his church community. Mm -hmm. You know, he laid the foundation there. But when you see Paul go into Jerusalem, he doesn't just go up and kind of knock James out, you know, <laughs> right? And slam all of these pharisaical elders in there that are trying to yoke everyone under the law. You know, yeah, he goes in there and he's like, you know what? This is not my field. I didn't lay the ground he work here. So, well, Paul went bent over backwards to try to help bring the gospel in there and try to help them see. A more light of it, you know, and he would say elsewhere, you know, don't I, you know, I agonize over these things. I've become a Jew to the Jew. I'm doing whatever I can just so that people would see the grace of God and be liberated in it. And I think that's the, the thing for us as preachers and teachers uh, and leaders in the body of Christ um, that have got a, a revelation of the gospel um, of God's grace is to understand we can't take a stick and hit other church communities and other pastors um, because they don't understand the gospel, it, unless we've ourselves been in that church community and laid the foundation, and then they've just decided to accept a different gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if we're looking at other church communities and other um, pastors and preachers and so forth, uh, we that are mature in the gospel um, need to come in and serve them and just help them see, you know, and and do things with love and. And, and just pose lots of questions, you know, with a spirit of, of grace. And and that's what's going to um, help them to, to change. Because when, when people f are attacked, they defend themselves, you know, and it, it matters little what you're talking about then. Um, and I think that's really what I hope happens more and more with those that are mature in the gospel and, um, and are called to present that and preach that, that um, we wouldn't just tell everyone what's wrong, you know, but really look at preaching what's right and and allowing people to come into our um, world, however we're presenting the gospel, 
and you know feel comfortable there without even having to believe everything and so you know I've got a Facebook page searching for grace where I put a lot of my uh, writings and so forth up there as well and I know not everyone agrees with what I say but in my writing I'm just trying to preach to the church that is the believers and I'm not trying to tell people to believe something I'm just telling them what I assume they believe if you're a Christian and you're in Christ then then you must believe this stuff about the love of God and the grace of God and and I think you know if we can just get our eyes set upon Christ you know and let ourselves be full of that love and joy and and you know try our best not to to fly off the handle you know but you know <laughs> I do it sometimes you know it's not like it's uh you know I don't I, I every time I try to change someone's mind with trying to tell them they're wrong and nothing happens you know mm-hmm. nothing changes but I found uh, that I've too. seen the effects and of love and so wisdom. I'm a I'm a believer in in the power of God's love to bring change. Yeah, that's that's true. I think uh, in in my own uh, walk of grace, I've had all kinds of uh, different uh, different interactions with people, and I, I've learned over the years, and it's still a learning process, still a growing process as to how to interact with other people in love and in grace, and um, and indeed not to. Um, tell people hey you're wrong you got to agree like i do to not be in your face with this type of thing but just to meet them where they're at and love love people and honor them uh, no matter where they're at just say hey you know you're my brother in christ you're my sister in christ and you know i i do have this uh this you know the lord has freed me and i hope some way that um you know i can i can uh, be a, a person who shares this this freedom with with other people and you know, I think that's a, that's a really good place to come from. Anyway, Mick, it's been uh, great to have you here with me, and uh, we'll have one more program uh, with Mick Mooney and uh, Searching for Grace. So thanks again, Mick, for being here with me. Thank you. That was uh, not expected, but a glorious <laughs> conversation nonetheless. Indeed, so I'm glad we've got one more uh, opportunity to chat. To chat. And that's it. Uh, I'll Just speak to you next week. As you say that, that's, that's one thing that I like about the Growing in Grace Together uh, program is that no agenda here it's just whatever is on your heart whatever you know whatever we end up talking about we talk about and so that is absolutely cool absolutely wonderful all right see you again next time Mick.